Good evening, Manuel everywhere. God's blessings to you on this day. Uh, may God be praised and may you be found doing well uh, and blessed because God is indeed in the blessing business. Amen. Uh, so for today, I want to get into Monday Night Live. I, I pray you forgive me for last week. Uh, it was a tough week, uh, not only for the losses of our church, but loss to me personally. Uh, many of you may or may not know that uh, Imani Gross uh, uh, was a good friend of mine, uh, roommate, brother. We did so much together. So that pain, that was a painful loss for me. Uh, not that any of the other losses were any less because they all hurt, but there's something when you're connected to someone in that way that just hits you a little bit different. Amen. And, uh, although I was definitely hurt over his little brother, still can't wrap my head around either one, but God is still God. And, uh, prayerfully I'll be able to get through today. Uh, and I decided to, to insert him into a Monday night live, uh, you know, and, and these stories that I tell, um, they're not stories that he's not aware of or wasn't aware of. You know, we often told each other about how we felt. We were that kind of a group. Uh, it was a group of us of Emmanuel, and we were very transparent about telling each other things and just communicating with one another as young men. And then it, it kind of kept going because as older men, we were still able to communicate with one another. And so I praise God for that. So these are not stories that you make up and you tell as somebody passes. These are stories that... Uh, he was well aware of, and I'm glad that we've got a chance to share that admiration and things that we share about individuals. At any rate, let me go into a praise break moment, and then I'll take us into the push for this week. Praise break moment. Um, there was a video uh, that was released by Viola Davis, uh, and it was captioned in a way to say, you caption it meaning that you give your interpretation to it. And I feel like it's such a great praise break for today. If you could find it, we're gonna show you that, that video. At any rate, the video is of a small pond where on the shore of the beach, where a fish has washed up into this small pond in the sand. Well, you got the small pond and then you got this great big ocean that's right there, but the fish is cut off by the surrounding sand. So there's a gap between where the pond is and where the ocean is. And I felt like there's such a, a praise when we think about our lives and many of us who had to break out of things that had us contained. You know, when you're stuck and you feel like you're stuck in a place where you're going around in circles and there is no way out. Um, how many of us can give praise to God that you didn't die in a small pond? Oh, I'm grateful. There are places that I found myself in that I, I could have died in a small pond. But God, in his majestic abilities that he's given to his people, gave me the ability to get myself out of the small pond and get into the larger territory that God was, was given to me. And I'm so grateful that God still allows us the strength that we need to break out of the situations that had us bound and go into a larger territory. So in the image, the fish, uh, uh, it must be instinctual that he, he can't just stay there. This thing is eventually going to dry up. 
So what does he do? He breaks out of the small pond and he scatters along the sand. And before you know it, he's back in the ocean. And that's my shout because won't God do it every time? Is there anybody that's a witness that you cannot be boxed in? You cannot be contained. God's glory through who he has made you to be is bound to break out. And I dare somebody for this praise break to break out into some praise if you know that God has blessed you with new territory. I'm thinking, I'm talking places that are bigger than you could ever imagine. Things that you never thought you'd be able to do. Places you thought you'd never be able to go. He enlarged your territory. You didn't die in a small pond. And that is praise worthy. That's my praise break. <clears throat> Pray that was for somebody. Well, um, on the yesterday, pastor preached the message, A Loving Community, out of the Continue series, uh, This Is Us, which dives deeper into our vision as a church to be a community of Christ followers being transformed by the word, inspired by love, and impacting the world. And so he has been taking this piece by piece and walking us through. And yesterday he spoke on a loving community. The text that was utilized is that from Romans 12, 3 through 13, uh, Paul preaching in Rome, and he shares this message. It says these words, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, rejoicing in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
as pastor went through the message, the thing that resonated with me was he, as he dove a little bit deeper into uh, don't think of yourself better than you are. I, I, I think, and as he mentioned that, he went into hateful truth versus loving truth. And I believe that we have to sit there in that, that uh, humility that comes with understanding that there's a difference between being hatefully truthful and lovingly truthful. And I think to me, I feel in my spirit that that is a push for many of us because there are oftentimes we live in a world where there are so many laws that are given to us that, that, that don't include certain people. There's so many things that standards that are put out that, that we are measured by. And so if we're not careful, we fall into the category of being judgmental of people, but not being judgmental in a loving fashion, but it comes off hateful. And I just feel like that there is something to be said there to help us this week. If we're going to be a community that God has called us to be, then certainly we must understand and get to a point where we are no longer thinking of ourselves better than what we are. We are. We have to uh, be humble and be loving with the truth. And so I have a humility verse that I, that I like to push for us this week. Still the Apostle Paul, but I like for you to hear this verse as we push uh, a little bit further to go along with the Romans to push for this week is Philippians 2, uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 11, and you'll find these words. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, and this is a shout anybody who's been to church a day or two, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the, turf, under the earth, and every tongue declare Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, for a few moments, I just want to talk to you with this subject in mind. Do what you do, but remember, that's just you. Uh Understanding that we are not better than anyone else uh, allows us to keep uh, our guards down. Um, when you tend to think that you're better than anyone else, oftentimes you end up losing wisdom. There are people that may be assigned to come and to minister to you or God assigns them to give you a message. But when you think of yourself more than you are, you actually let you 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 actually keep uh keep your guards up when you think of yourself more than anyone else but when you humble yourself you let your guard down god has always sent messengers it's not a new thing that god can send somebody 
He can send someone to, to share wisdom with you in order to help you grow. But if your guards are always up because you're better than someone else, then you're not going to receive that word. And I'll give you an example. I once met a man that didn't know me. Um, a long time ago, our church was ministering to a, uh, a, a young woman who was dying. Um, she had came out and saw the live choir and she loved us and we were connected with her and we would go to her home even and minister in her home. We gathered the choir, sung around the bed, just helping her as she had, had cancer. And I think as she was transitioning, we wanted to be there and show our support. And so she eventually died. Um, we all went to sing at her services. And we're at a church, uh, and I can't remember the name of the church, but I knew no one. No one knew me. We, Our choir was not a well-known church. Matter of fact, uh, we were definitely diversity, diversely different than this church that we were at. At any rate, a, a young man comes to me. And, I, and let me give you the pre-context is that, that in ministry, I had that I was making a decision on whether I should keep doing music ministry or should I be focused just on preaching? And I was like, man, I know that God called me in music ministry. I know that this is where God has directed me to do. But now that I'm preaching, maybe I should just be concentrating on everything that comes with preaching. I got to make a decision. Anyway, I was preparing to leave the choir. And uh, at that time, I was perplexed with music versus uh, church work. At any rate, the uh, I was approached while I was in a walkway by a young man and says, and he says to me, um, I've seen you before. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing somebody seen before. He says, no, I, I've seen you before. And I seen you in a dream. And I said, what? He said, I, I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know, but let me help you understand uh, how I potentially know. He said, I saw you in a dream. And in one side of the dream, you were in a uh, a pulpit and the other side you were at a piano and I was like wow you know I'm a small time I consider myself a small time musician and so I I was uh, I had a music groups and sang with music groups and so you know I had a little bit of background there and I'm like okay and I had just got finished writing a song uh, I believe it was called never gonna find I, I had just finished writing a song and so I was I, I was recently at a piano of course so I'm like okay so he's might have something here and then he says, the decision that you're trying to make, uh, uh, if, if you're trying to make a decision, God is telling you he's made you to be both. That's all he said. That's all he said. And I think I immediately, because he was speaking to me, did not know me. I immediately like dropped my Bible and I felt something come over me. Because when you when God speaks to you, he's going to let you know that it's him he's, that's speaking to you. And those words resonated with me. And, and I felt a presence. Now, if you don't feel no presence and you don't feel like, you know, if you got your guard that far up that you can't listen to somebody and hear them out and see if it's God, then, then okay, you cutting your own wisdom off, just trying to tell you. But for me, I'm always uh, up to task to know that God can send even a baby to give you a message if he's trying to reach you. And so this man ministered to me. I didn't have to, to keep a guard up. I didn't have to act like I was this big time person to hear him out. You see, there is a humility 
that should come with us being God's children. A humbleness that I'm not better than you, that I'm not bigger than you, that I don't have more than you have, that, that whatever I have is available to you because of the God that I serve and the one who's given to me. And so for all of us, that message from uh, Paul to Rome and even to Philippians is, is to, to the church of Philippi is do what you do. But remember, it's just you. Uh, don't be too big on yourself that, that when you minister, do what you do, but that's just you. It should be just who you are. We don't do what we do in ministry because we want special accolades or somebody to call our name out. I mean, you know, it's good to be celebrated. I know we got volunteers. It's good to be celebrated, but it's better to know that I've done God's will. Do what you do. And so uh, as we look at that text, um, uh, three, a couple of questions that we should be asking this week. First of all, is in everything you do, first question is, who are you trying to impress? Oftentimes in our work careers or in our, our everyday life, we are trying to impress people, impress them by the way we look. It's, it's a society that's built on impressing. You want to show them that I have what it takes. You want to show them that I look the part. You want to show them that I am a big whoever I am. I want to I want to show them. But really, in reality, ask the question of yourself this week. Who are you trying to impress? If you're trying to impress men, I think you're missing the mark. I'm trying to impress the one whom I have to see when this life is over. Your, your job is to impress the one who's looking and writing down everything about your life's account and will give you an account of that. You see, your career and your job, when you decide to retire in that box with you and all of the belongings and your history of work, that's what goes with you. They're not going to sit there and go over all that good stuff that you might have done. That box is what you're taking in your retirement. But when you retire from this life, there's going to be a box that's going to be open with everything about your life and the decisions that you made in it. I'm not in trying to impress people. Now, it's, I'm not saying it's not good to have nice things. I love nice things. But my nice things are not to be braggadocious. Those nice things are because I like nice things. Those nice things are nice that God blesses you with, but you're blessed to be a blessing. So if I'm not giving anybody a ride in my nice thing, if I'm not handing somebody the keys to my nice thing because I don't care about it, if I'm not opening up my home so people can come in and fellowship with that nice thing, then I am not doing the thing that God gave me that blessing for. He enlarged my territory so that I can be a blessing. So ask yourself this week, who are you trying to impress? Is it God or is it men? Second thing is, who benefits from your blessings? Question it question. Ask yourself this week, who benefits from your blessings? If you've been blessed and you keep it all to yourself, who's benefiting? Who's benefiting from what God has blessed you with? And I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about actions and gifts and words. If you are gifted as those scriptures tell us to do, then you are supposed to be doing what's in that gift. Who is benefiting from the blessings that you are? You're not made to be a, a pew member. If God has blessed you with the gift of hospitality, you should be serving someplace. 
It does me no good to keep a word in. So I don't care whether I'm in your pulpit or I'm on your computer screen. I'm going to give what God told me to give to you. So ask yourself this week, who benefits from your blessing? And the last thing I'll tell you, it's not a question. It's not a question. It is what we should do. And that is think WWJD. What would Jesus do? Think what he would do. What would Jesus do with all the things that you have? What would he do and how would he treat people who are around you? How would you react to people who come into your presence that may not have your same ideals or your same looks? Or how do you react to that? We shouldn't be judging others. We should be loving others. And if we live and we continue to live in a society that continues to judge hatefully rather than uh, to use God's word lovingly without judgment, then we can see why the world is going the way that it is. So as I come to a close, come to a close here. Uh, when I think about judgment in the church, no one thing has hurt the church more than our hypocrisy in judgment. Oh yes, the most judgiest people are those who have learned some scripture, been in church, but only use the scriptures they learned and never point those scriptures back at themselves. There's a verse for you. I want to tell somebody that there's a verse for you. Somewhere in the Bible, while you're chastising someone about a scripture, there's a verse for you. There's a verse that tells you that something you've done has not always been pleasing to God. There's a verse for you that says there is something you've done that hasn't been uh, good in the light of God. There's a verse for you that says you ain't all that you've cracked up to be. There's a verse for you that says you have no, no reason to be judging somebody when you yourself have made similar mistakes. Maybe it ain't that verse, but there is a verse that's for you. And so as I come to a close, I want to come to a close. Uh, e. Dewey Smith, uh, uh, Dr. E. Dewey Smith preaches a message about inclusion where he talks about uh, homosexuality. Pastor references his friend. And I was thought I thought about this particular uh, uh, story. I may add it at the end of this so you can see it. At any rate, he goes into it to talk about the church being judgy of people, judgy of music, judgy of those who we allow and and he says, we pick and choose scriptures to beat people up with. Oh, it was a great, I thought it was the, 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 a message that I wholeheartedly agreed with. It didn't say it was pro this, and it didn't say it was not pro that. It was right there in the middle. At any rate, he says, you can't evangelize and antagonize at the same time. And God said to me, here's the problem. You guys in the church can be so hypocritical. He said, in the African-American church, you really got to be careful. I said, what do you mean? He said, because you are guilty of condemning the Supreme Court system and preaching against something. But if you look at half of our choirs, and a great number of our artists, 
that we call abominations and we call demons. We demonize and dehumanize the same people that we use. And we don't say nothing about the gay choir director because he's good for business. As long as the choir sound good, I ain't saying nothing about his sexuality. We have done what the slave master did to us, dehumanize us, uh, degrade us, demonize us, but then use them for our advantage. It's hypocritical to talk about the Supreme Court and calling them Sodom and Gomorrah, which is not what it's all about. But if that's the case, half our churches have been Sodom and Gomorrah for a hundred years. He told me, boy, you got to re-examine yourself. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, on one hand, you quote homosexuality is an abomination from Leviticus. But you say that right after you ate some shrimp, some catfish, and some lobster. You quote Leviticus while you're wearing a wool blend suit. It's also in Leviticus that you shouldn't wear mixed linens. It's in Leviticus that if your wife is on her cycle, that you shouldn't go in the same house with her or even sleep on the same bed with her. That's in Leviticus too. Here's my point. We pick and choose the scriptures that we want to use to beat folk up with rather than look at our own lives. Let me tell you something. If God wanted to judge America, he wouldn't need the Supreme Court system. If he wanted to judge America because of sin, he would judge me in 88 at the Freaknik in Atlanta. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't condemn you. I don't judge you. I'm going to preach Christ to you. Because you can't evangelize and antagonize at the same time. You cannot insult and inspire the same people that you insult. I thank God that Jesus went to Samaria with a woman who had some sexual identity problems and didn't preach condemnation. He just preached Christ. And our greatest missionary opportunity is going to be finding those who may be struggling to say, I'm not better than you, but the same grace that saved me, the same blood that let me come is the same blood that you're going to need. What are we going to do about the people who've been born this way? Who've been struggling with something? What about the people that we think are nasty? These folks are abomination. They're nasty. Tell you what you do then. Go find every song that's been written by a gay person for the last hundred years and don't sing it in church. Let's see how many songs you can minister on that Sunday.
Bishop, don't tell me what the Bible says about homosexuals and you change wives like we change underwear. Sit yourself, your hypocritical self down. We all got to look at ourselves. We all need Jesus. What a word. So what I'll close with is I'll close with a story from my friend, uh, Imani Gross. Uh, Imani had been a, a heavy, if you're not uh, able to look, he has been a heavy sharer of the work we've been doing on Emmanuel Everywhere. Matter of fact, uh, far as sharing the actual streaming videos, I don't know anyone that was doing it as much as him. Don't know anyone that was sharing the word. Don't know anyone that was communicating with me about the word, saying that he was blessed by it or that he felt it was for this group or felt for this was group. And he shared it on his page regularly, uh, even up until the end. Anyway, I want to tell you about him. Um, great basketball player. Great, great black. I mean, I mean, Imani should have been a pro basketball player. No question about it. If anybody ever played with him, you knew he had the skills. Uh, he had the mentality. What often I tell people, and even in those when I was coaching, is what separates those who play on uh, an NBA is simply opportunity. Uh, you know, never given an opportunity, of course, but there are so many people who are that good that never get an opportunity. At any rate, he was that good, period. We go play ball. You just know he's that good. What I want to share is about judgment is I was a decent basketball player. I think I got better as I aged. But being that I was a decent basketball player just arriving in California, the one thing I did have was speed, defensive skills. Those were always a plus for me. I, I could stay in front of anybody. I can cut off anybody. I could steal the ball from most anybody. I could intercept the ball. So I was always good on the team because of my defense. Offensively, I was a, I struggled. I learned offense later as I got older. At any rate, one of the first things that I learned from Imani is, although he was this big-time basketball player, he vouched for me. He vouched for me. He didn't think of himself so big that uh, we would go pick our five and give you a good uh, story example. And whenever we would pick our five, or even if he wasn't the, the person picking, he would always be first pick. So let's just say there's somebody else who's got next. They pick Imani. Imani would immediately begin to vouch for other people that he thought should be playing with him. Didn't think of himself too big. Now, uh, you know, there are people over there, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", but Imani would tell them, get him, get Joel, get me. He vouched for me. And I think it totally fits with what we're talking about today is to be humble enough in your position that you're not threatened by someone, but instead you want to help them and exalt them and lift them up. And you know what? They would pick me. And because they would pick me, I wouldn't want to let him down. I would always want to do my best on the team with him. Because not only, you know, one of the things I could possibly do is give him the ball. Because if you give him the ball, you know he knows what to do with it. So I would definitely be a, 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 a an advocate to give him the ball. But if I was given a task to do or a person to guard, I took it seriously because he vouched for me. He didn't just vouch for me in basketball. Looking at what he's done for Emmanuel everywhere, he vouched for me in life. And I believe that is the message. He didn't think too much of himself that he didn't exalt other people 
whether it be in his musical uh, pursuits or whatever he did, he vouched for me. And all I can think about that shouts me to a close is that do you know that every single day as a child of God, Jesus vouches for you. He knows who you are. And although he is king of kings and lord of lords, he still has the belief that you are the best at whatever he calls you to be. Don't be so stuck up here that you can't reach down and pick somebody up and exalt them because the one who is exalted above all still vouched for you. He still picks you up every day. He still puts you in position to win. He still calls you out as his child and the person on his team to deliver everything that needs to be delivered into this world. So if we're going to be a community that God has called us to be, let's vouch for people. This week, ask yourself, who are you trying to impress? Who's benefiting from your blessings? What would Jesus do? Let's vouch for people. What I can say, and I got many stories about my brother Imani, not only did he vouch for me, not only did he, 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 he not think of himself so big that he couldn't work with somebody who may not have had what he had. I want to let everybody know, and all of my friends and all his friends and family, he didn't die in a small pond. He enlarged his territory. And that is a blessing that I'll always remember. So uh, as I come to a close today and uh, share with all of you, do what you do. Remember, that's just you. That's who God made you. That's who you are. Do what you do. Do it with humility. Do it with passion but do it to serve others. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you for another opportunity to come together on a Monday night. We pray that you would allow us to continue to be about your business. Help us to not look down upon others, but to remember the grace that you've given us. Help us to, to love without judgment. Help us to not be hateful in how we share things, but to be loving, to share it that maybe your, your own spirit will convict people and not so much our own convictions be put on them, on who they should be based on how we judge. God, we pray for those families who are in the midst of bereavement, God. And as I shared my brother, we continue to pray for his family and the many others who are in the midst of bereavement right now. But God, help us to vouch for people this week. There's somebody we can trust. There's somebody you send to give us a message. Help us to be humble and wise enough to hear them out. And to at least wait to see what your spirit says and not turn them off. But listen, God, we'll be also careful to give your name the praise, glory, and honor that you do. We thank you that you continue to make us a community where this is us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you all, and I bid you a good day. We'll see you on Wednesday for prayer. Uh, anyone wants to come in and give a testimony for us on Wednesday, please, 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 please reach out. We love it when you come in. 
And also, please know there's a survey out. I'd love to get your feedback on what we are doing so that we could, uh, you know, continue to do more and we will do more. There's a whole bunch more we have planned and we want to continue to be there for you. All right. Well, God bless you. And I love you.